Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast Sisters. Fuck you and brothers. <laughs> I gotta throw some uh, shit in Why here for you, you sometimes. Why? I change it up. You gotta keep it fresh. You gotta reinvent yourself a little bit, just like wrestlers do, and just like characters on One Tree Hill do. And that's exactly what we do here. We mix stop it we amalgamate (laughs) amalgamate is the word of the day the word of the podcast the word of the year and the word of a lifetime amalgamate one tree hill and my dad said that word today amalgamate how what was the context that he used the word amalgamate in so um my uncle's girlfriend debbie she was talking about um a street in yarrow okay and she was looking at like these pictures and saw the date and she's like oh there was like this street on and it was like in 1960 something and my dad was like oh that was before the amalgamation i think before the amalgamation what move your mic closer to your mouth just fucking say it bro <laughs> i'm close to it okay you gotta be like let's see how close I i'm am almost deep throating this thing okay yeah, you are brother <laughs> so i like to see dude <laughs> tree hill wrestling federation podcast episode 40 yeah 40 fucking episodes of this shit yeah how the hell are the fans fucking putting up with us after this long i maybe they're on drugs probably <laughs> I would Probably on it. the same drugs that Brian Pillman and Jim the Anvil Nightheart are on. Yeah, maybe. I don't know what drugs they're on. The so. good ones. I am Sean Harris. And I am Aaron Costco. Oh, you crying sensation! He's fucked. Unbelievable! That's right. It is myself and my wonderful wife here once again for tree hill wrestling federation podcast coming to your ear holes for the 40th time don't know ear holes don't know how we got here but we are here and we are here to amalgamate the wonderful worlds of one tree hill what about all the holes all the holes technically every single hole we're coming to every single hole do people (laughs) put headphones on their asshole and call it ass phones you never know you never know you never know. Don't know what people do behind closed doors. One Tree Hill, WWE, this episode. My goodness. I mean, the uh, One Tree Hill side was all right, but we did get a great moment out of it that I've been waiting for since the debut of this character. So we'll get to that in the second <laughs> half of the episode. Oh, but the God. first half, the most important half, is the July 6th. 1997 in your house pay-per-view emanating from calgary alberta canada and i love how in wrestling when you mention a place in canada you have to say 
Calgary, Alberta, Canada. You can't just say Calgary, Alberta because no one in the States knows where the fuck Calgary, Alberta is unless you say Canada at the end. You notice that? They have to say that but every I time. I know. It's like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. Like, We're Canadian on. and we know exactly where Calgary is, but all those fucking Americans the with their is- no health care where they have to pay for it. They don't know where fucking Calgary, Alberta is. If you gave them a map and you said, hey, American guy or girl, find Calgary, Alberta, and they'll point somewhere probably in Europe or Asia. Wow. Dummies. Anyway, as you were saying. I just. Come on, guys. Figure it out. We're literally north of you. We're right beside you. We're neighbors. You ask an American, where's Canada? And they're like, oh, yeah, they're tucked all the way down there somewhere. Oh, my God. (laughs) Provinces like Texas and Calgary. Uh, Yeah, we are emanating from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. We've been there. The home of Alberta beef. Together before. Yes, we have. We've been to Lake Louise, Banff, all around the Calgary area. We went to Drumheller. We went to Torrington, Alberta, where we saw a gopher Ah, museum. That was so funny. And we also saw the Dinosaur Museum in Drumheller. Anybody who's been to Drumheller has been to the Dinosaur Museum. And I lost my shit because I fucking love dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs too. And one day we'll have to bring our son there because he loves dinosaurs as well. I literally like remember when I found out that I was pregnant with Flynn and... I was like at work an hour early because I was so fucking excited that I was pregnant and I was talking on the phone with my sister and I turn around or I look in my rear view mirror and there's literally a cage like trailer cage with dinosaurs like animatronic dinosaurs in yeah. it, roaring and blowing fucking bubbles and I cried and then my sister was <laughs> like Aaron you're pregnant and I was like how'd you know? Fuck. Yes, <laughs> you're not I supposed am. to know. <laughs> <laughs> but long before your pregnancy, back in July 6, 1997, when you were only seven years old and I was eight and a half, we saw in your house Canadian Stampede. That's really from funny. The Pengrove slash Scotiabank slash Calgary Saddle Dome that I have seen the Calgary Flames play. The Calgary Flames are my favorite NHL team and have been for the better part of 25 plus years of my life. And it's amazing that they actually hosted a pay-per-view in the home of the Calgary Flames here at the good old Saddle Dome. And actually, you look at the building, it actually looks like a saddle. It's literally a Saddle Dome. And even Uh, in your house... Calgary Wood. Calgary Wood, yeah. But you know what? We've been to Calgary. How many people did you see wear cowboy hats when we were in Calgary? Like none. Exactly. Maybe at stampede time you see the cowboy hats, but definitely not very regularly. You know what's funny? What was the date of this paper? July 6th. July 6th. Yeah. I think I found out that I was pregnant with Flynn on like July 9th. Okay. So close to this, right? Close to this. You definitely weren't pregnant in 1997. Close to like. (laughs) I was sure hope not. Several years later. (laughs) But. (laughs) It's very true. But yeah, pretty exciting. This is the first time ever that Calgary is hosting a pay-per-view for the WWE. And it's a fucking doozy. Because if you take away, I'd say, Royal Rumble 2001, Royal Rumble 92, and WrestleMania 17. It's probably my next favorite pay-per-view after those three. So Mm -hmm. my favorite non-Royal Rumble or WrestleMania pay-per-view of all time would be this exact show from Calgary in 
1997 and it's a fucking barn burner because we only have four matches that's it and they're all great matches you don't see that with pay-per-views very often where you have not that many matches and all of them are fucking great too so this is literally the four horsemen the four horsemen of wwe pay-per-view and we start off with fucking they just couldn't get anyone else across the border that was probably probably it. why i mean the funkettes are long gone you know bret hart banned them from canada I, i'd say bret hart probably banned most of the roster from canada they're not allowed to come probably. over because of bret but uh we're here especially Shawn michaels especially Shawn michaels oh that's foreshadowing dude <laughs> really holy, holy fuck dude god damn all the wrestling fans out there were no full while what I'm talking about, but Aaron does not. I have but no fucking we clue. start with Mankind in a grudge match, a rematch from King of the Ring against Triple H, Diz Hunter, Hearst, Helmsley, or as Aaron affectionately refers to him as Diz Prince. Diz Prince. Prince. He looks like a Disney prince. Adam. Prince Adam. Yes. Beast. And he's fully in tow with China. 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 People think I don't like China. I love China. China. China is the new China, by the way. China. 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 I deal with China. 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 Big league China. So don't tell me about China. I know China. China. And by the way, I love China. I mean, I love China. How can you not love China? I love China. 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 Oh, yes. No, I'm from Burnaby, British Columbia. That's China to me. And China's here in tow with Mr. Triple H himself, Diz Prince, and he's taking on none other than Mick Foley, Mankind. You've kind of had a change of heart here on Mankind, seeing that they're changing his character and making him a baby face. He's showing a softer, gentler, funnier side of his it's character. It's the funnier side. And it's also... <sighs> After his like story and everything, I'm mm-hmm. kind of rooting for him a little bit because yeah. it's sad. Absolutely bullied as a teenager. Just had this dream Which, of being a wrestler. Come on, that one picture, he was so good looking. Exactly. Now, would you vote for Mick Foley as the Prime Minister of Canada? I know I would. I mean, he'd probably be better than the one what we, we have, have now. Right now. <laughs> uh, you would probably be correct. It's very accurate and apt with that statement. We have to think of a uh, campaign slogan for Mick Foley. Have a nice country. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> or something along those lines. We'll have to chat GPT that. Uh, yes, I would vote for mankind for prime minister. But, oh, who do we have on the front row? It's in Calgary. We've got the entire Hart Foundation slash family slash faction. So they take over the entire front row, like all the way around the arena. Literally, the entire arena is probably related to the Hart family because all of them Natalia, who became a wrestler, Georgia, who is British Bulldog's daughter, who has also commented on our TikTok videos. We also have Tyson Kidd. We've got fucking the whole kit and caboodle of every single fucking. Hart family member in history, including the matriarch and the patriarch, fucking Stuart of goddamn fucking Rhino, and Helen Hart, the woman who pushed 12 kids out of her vajayjay. That's just painful <laughs> thinking about that. Yeah. I've never birthed from that way, let alone 12 times. I couldn't. I. Uh... <laughs> 
<laughs> She's that, a fucking trooper. That sounds. I like, mean, who's the most at that point? Who's like, the most badass fucking Heart Foundation member? It's fucking Helen Hart, dude. Like I know when my my mom had four of us, and for my sister, it was like a war slide. She was out in like ten minutes. Oh fucking! Literally, my mom was in labor, like almost giving birth in the lobby of the hospital. So just like your mother, Helen Hart has got the cultist like water slides. <laughs> cultist like water slides. The fucking Valley she's, of Fear. Yeah, I was just gonna say she's the Valley of Fear with twelve. <laughs> Literally the Valley of Fear, Helen Hart. I think next time we see Helen Hart, we'll have to refer to her as the Valley of Fear. <laughs> China, China. She she's fucking got her hair down. I know. She's, uh, I don't know. Okay, call me a little crazy here with her hair down and what she was wearing. She's starting to get a little more attractive each time she's coming out now. I don't know what it is. She still looks like... I mean, she's buff. She's got the stuff, you know. She's got the peaks for her freaks. And, you know, she's like, you know, manly looking as fuck. But... Slowly but surely, she starts adding things like implants that make her a <laughs> little more thing. womanly. Because she has no boobs, like she At has this boobs, time. but like very little, they're though. very tiny. And because she's so buff, they like yeah. are swallowed by just Basically. the buffness. Yeah, just like, the literal fucking cavity of her chest. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. So yeah. it's like I don't know. But I remember uh, China later years, like Playboy China, those China years. Like, imagine if I was that buff, but with my boobs. No, that would that would be interesting. I'm trying to picture that like, right now. I have big boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Uh, but she <laughs> is making her presence known, like she does in every match, and she fucking power slams. Mankind right in the fucking stairs and he fucks his leg up pretty bad. So just like the King of the Ring match where Triple H was going after Mankind's neck mainly, this match after this hip toss slash power slam into the stairs, she uh, made sure that his leg was injured and Trips tends to go after the leg for most of this match. So uh, Hunter is definitely pulling a Bret Hart and going after the leg, working the leg all match long. And uh, it's all shenanigans and tomfoolery with fucking Trips and China on the outside. Distraction tactics. She takes Mick out with a fucking huge clothesline and some chair shots at the referee. Oh my God, the referee didn't see a chair shot? Ooh. Oh my God. Oh my God. You don't see that ever. Refs call everything right down the line. They see everything. <laughs> fuck's sakes good match if they did holy shit every match would end in a disqualification after literally like a minute yeah it's, it's pretty unreal but uh great back and forth match uh i thought it was even a little better uh, it was pretty close to the king of the ring match but it feels like that they had the king of the ring match as the first one this one which ends up being a double count out double count out while they're in the penalty box of the fucking ice <laughs> rink funny. of the canadian calgary pengrove scotiabank saddle dome they've changed the name a few times it's the calgary oh saddle God. dome and then it was the pengrove saddle dome and now what the hell is pengrove pengrove was like a company is like a bank or something and they sponsored the saddle dome so they called it the pengrove saddle dome and now it's the scotiabank saddle dome so they've changed the names obviously like uh, uh the what is it la form or whatever is it, it used to be the staples center in la the big arena where the kings and the lakers play and now it's the crypto.com arena 
What was Rogers Arena before? Uh, GM Place. Oh, yeah. I yeah, remember that. General Motors Place. Or, uh, you know, that's what it used to be called. Uh, the, one of the first events there was the All Star game for the NHL. It was uh, General Motors Place. But then, of course, Rogers being Rogers had to take over everything. And they have Rogers Arena in Vancouver. Yeah, they took over Shaw. And now they're Shodgers. Shodgers. Oh, I Shodgers. Like Shodgers. I like that's that. That's what we call them when we're talking about them Shodgers. on conference calls. It's like they're Shodgers. Shodgers. Wow. Wow. So uh, in Vancouver, uh, the Raj, uh, Rogers Arena. And then in, uh, what is it? In Edmonton, they have Rogers Place, wow. where the Oilers play. And then in Toronto, where the Blue Jays play, is Rogers Center. So we have Rogers Arena, Rogers Place, and Rogers Center Rogers. In, in Canada. So it shows you. Uh, I can literally say that I've been with Rogers before Shodgers. with my phone. And I've also had Shaw, and it sucks. Both suck. Yeah, Terrible. fuck them. Fuck them. Don't like. Don't like. Yes, not a fan. But yes, uh, on the ice of the Saddle Dome, when there is no ice, but you still see the boards in the penalty box, and they get double counted out in the fucking penalty box. The penalty box that Theo Fleury at this time and Jerome McGinley soon enough will be making their home with the Calgary Flames. And they keep fucking going after each other, China included, into the crowd. And no agent, referee, or security guard can separate these two. So they just keep fighting and keep fighting. And then they keep fighting. <laughs> we move to the backstage area where the Heart Foundation are about to have a promo, but it gets interrupted by one Stoke Steve Austin. That damn Texas rattlesnake, the bionic redneck, the toughest son of a bitch I ever saw. It's Stone Cold here, and he's uh, making sure that the Heart Foundation do not get their promo time yet, and he's going to probably take on five guys all by himself. Now, although Austin is quite an intelligent guy, he just does not give a damn, and he will take on five guys at any time, whether he knows he's going to come out on top or not. So he comes into the uh, Calgary Flames dressing room and goes after the Heart Foundation until he gets taken away by security. We move on to match number two, and I am fucking giddy as shit for this because now this is the very first match of one of my all-time favorites who still wrestles and manages to this day, who still is amazing to this day, but this is the beginnings of his WWE career, and this is fucking Taka Michinoku. Holy you know what I shit. called him? What'd you call Taka? Japanese dude. Japanese dude. Well, he's a dude and he's Japanese, so it makes sense. And he's up against the legendary great, what they call is Sasuke, but his great Sasuke, or the sauce man, as I like to call him. The fucking sauce. You want to know what I called him? The great Sasuke. What did, what did you call him? Masked Japanese dude. <laughs> so you got Japanese <laughs> dude versus masked Japanese dude. Uh, Sasuke's only going to have a couple matches in WWE and then he's not going to be around anymore. Aww. But Taka's going to be a main character here going forward. Interesting. And they were both, it was kind of weird, like different watching them because, yeah. like, wrestlers are normally, like, really quick. Sure. They were, like, on fucking dude, steroids. Dude. Like, like, fucking like sugar highs, dude. Japanese sugar Holy highs. Holy Okashi. They were oh, fucking gosh, all over the place and like doing weird flips that I'm like, that you I never could seen. never, that I you, could never. Dude, fucking Taka, like just straight jumps to the top rope, like yeah, doesn't fuck? even fucking like 
hoists himself up, doesn't climb up the ropes, literally just straight jumps to the fucking top rope and jumps to the outside on Sasuke. Like, what the fuck? Like, what the holy fuck? shit. What the fuck? So you're going to love that Taka is going to be a character going forward because this light heavyweight division that they've been pushing so so much recently, he's going to be kind of the star of this division. Mm. And he's going to be in matches. He's going to face Brian Christopher. He's going to face all these guys. And you're going to see his talent levels. But the thing I didn't like about this match, besides all the amazing moves, the kicks. Sasuke hit fucking Taka with a kick in the corner I thought took his fucking head off. Like, he just absolutely demolished him with a spin <laughs> kick and he was dummied for a few seconds too like he fucking stiffed him hard and it was just unreal the, the moves the kicks the speed of the match just insane i loved every minute of it and the thing was going into this match some people knew who sasuke was mm-hmm. very little people knew who taka was going into this match but he was uh, he has his own promotion at this time in japan called michinoku pro uh mm-hmm. his own wrestling federation but now they're here and the his fans own his own federation in japan interesting michinoku pro michinoku pro wrestling and so he uh is here for the first time and not a lot of people know what's going on with this guy but Mm -hmm. you can tell that the crowd they started to win that crowd over as the match progressed the fans slowly started to fall in love with these two guys as the match went on because they're just so fucking good in the ring their movesets, their mannerisms, the speed, everything, even the submissions. Like, even Sasuke had a half-crab submission that looked better than any half-crab or Boston crab submission that any guy on the roster can do. Like, this is just fucking full-force amazement. Uh, amazement. Amazement, dude. But the only thing I didn't like is that Taka hit Sasuke with his Michinoku driver finish. So he kind of picks him up as a body slam, but then he fucking drops him right on his head in between his legs so almost like a modified body slam slash tombstone pile driver is his finish the michinoku driver and he created that move as well too hmm. so anybody else who uses it they have to pay homage to taka michinoku because he is a creator and the originator of that move but that move is so fucking over or gets so over and it's such an awesome move and it's devastating but fucking sasuke kicks out it too so i don't like that the first time he ever unveiled this amazing move that he originated he didn't even win with it so i'm not cool with that but either way they go back and forth and it was fucking awesome this is the first time we're ever going to see a match and i think this is true for you is that you don't know either of these guys but you became a fan by the end of the match well it was it was just so interesting how quick they were and like everything where like a lot of the other matches where it's like just random ass people it's kind of like yeah who cares why like why do i have to care about these guys but these guys make you care it was just, it wasn't, like, anything they said, obviously, or, like, it was just the speed and the way they, like, wrestled, and, and it was like, whoa. And the crowd reaction. Yeah. Now, this is going to be a theme for the entire night. How fucking insane was this crowd for this they show? They were literally, like, the cameras were shaking. Yeah, that's how loud they were. They were stomping their feet and being so loud that the hard camera literally shook. For like two full matches. And there's only four matches. 
<laughs> yeah. It was insane. So honestly, like I feel whenever you see crowds outside of the US, now obviously the US has their big cities like the Chicago's and the New York's and the LA's and those kind of fans where, you know, they're going to get good crowds. But anytime they go outside of America, they go anywhere in Canada, they go anywhere in Europe, they go to Puerto Rico, they go somewhere in Asia. The crowds are always so much better just because they don't get the same amount of shows that America does. It's almost like oversaturation in the States because they get so many shows. When you finally bring, especially a pay-per-view to a different country, WWE took uh, a pay-per-view to Puerto Rico earlier this year. They had backlash earlier this year in Puerto Rico. It was one of the best crowds I've ever seen in the history of WWE. That's how good it was. And especially with this show, the first time they are ever in Calgary, the fans made you remember that this show was from Calgary because they were so fucking good. Uh, the amount of fucking cowboy hats. Cowboy hats, though, dude. I mean, it was stampede time. This is literally right in the middle of Calgary Stampede. They they booked this show uh, uh, just off the fairgrounds. It's part of the fairgrounds, the Saddle Dome. So uh, as they were having their chuck wagon races and their fucking mini donuts, we were having Canadian Stampede in you the Saddle Dome. You love mini donuts. And yes, I fucking do, but I don't give a shit about chuck wagon races. Hey, you ever been to Calgary Stampede? No. I've been to Calgary Stampede, and I did not get Eiffel Towered while I was at Calgary Stampede either. Uh, <laughs> what? There's a video. What? Uh, there's a video out there, bro. <laughs> Some girl gets Eiffel Towered at the fucking... Uh, Jesus, uh, fuck. Calgary Stampede. Anyway, <laughs> great Sasuke didn't get Eiffel Towered, but he did get the win with the Tiger Suplex. And believe me, there's respect. The fucking respect that the fans showed these guys after this match. You need to add to that Eiffel Tower comment. No, I'm just stunned. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. It's no, a, I know. Well, no, I'm I know saying, it's a thing. No, I'm saying, like, just, just Google. The dream is Ryan Reynolds and Ryan oh, Gosling. Oh, of course. But no, I'm not time, saying but, that's you know. not a thing. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Google Calgary Stampede Eiffel Tower and you'll get your answer. Oh, dear uh, God. <laughs> but the hilarious thing is, when this match first starts and the guys get out there, Mankind and Triple H are still, still fighting. fucking fighting, still not separated. And then after this match is over, they're outside and they're still fucking, fucking fighting. Diz Prince, like his He's eyebrow bloody. was like fucking oh, yeah. split yeah, open. Yeah, he was wearing the fucking crimson mask here. And yeah, he's taking the Norman Bates shower and <laughs> fucking... You know, they're still out there. They're still going. They're fighting by the Calgary Flames fucking equipment truck. (laughs) They're they're going back and forth. China's in there. They can't get them separated. Finally, they get them separated. It's kind of a theme throughout the show that they just keep cutting back to Mick and Triple H fighting. So as I said, after the match, the King of the Ring is kind of the, the first match. This one was kind of the middle where they didn't really have a winner because it was a double count out. And I feel like they're going to go with the big rubber match. The rubber match being the third match, the trilogy, maybe at SummerSlam, we get Mankind and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. And maybe a special match because we had the King of the Ring match. We had this match that was a double count out. Maybe a stipulation in this next match, like an Iron Man match or a no disqualification match. Who knows? This baby's being fucking insane right now. Just drumming. Just doing all the things. <laughs> so yeah, fuck yeah, Calgary Flames. Although we weren't a very good team in 1997. At least, <laughs> we, at least we have one more cup than the Vancouver Canucks. Fuck you. 
Paul Bear. Ick. Ick? What's wrong with Paul Ick. Bear? He's You're a murderer, You murdered your family. So I love how Murder. last week he still had on his cheek the scar, the scar or the little bit of red. It's cleaned up by now. This he one, used... it's 100% cleaned up. Like you can't even tell there was anything <laughs> there. I'm like, uh-huh. Probably got a little, I don't know, a Stridex pad or a little bit of cream on there, and he was fine. A little bit of topical cream, and he's all good. Dude, it's been since April. Come on, it's been three months since he got set on fire. Should be okay by now. A week ago, he wasn't okay. (laughs) Well, now he's okay. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And he's talking about... as a Doc Hendricks here with a cowboy hat on. And mind you, all the announcers all have cowboy hats. J.R., King, and Vince McMahon all wearing cowboy hats. Pervy Kings was like extra. It was huge, it was dude. Massive. There was an episode of The Simpsons where Homer was wearing a nacho hat. So it's like the cheese in the middle at the top. And it was a huge fucking cowboy hat made out of nachos. That's pretty much the size of this one that Jerry King lost. It was so big. He couldn't even see out of it. Like it was so far down. You couldn't even see his eyes. Uh, but doc oh, Hendricks. Yeah. Doc Hendricks is wearing a cowboy hat here interviewing Paul bear and Vader before this world championship match. And he says, how can you look yourself in the mirror? Paul Bear for saying, accusing the Undertaker of murdering his entire family. And Paul Bear says, looking in the mirror is the best thing I do every day, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I gagged. <laughs> yeah, he literally gagged at that comment. <laughs> that was terrible. But, uh, so here we are. It's this person, the, like, come on. This guy's fucking terrible and ugly. Who does he remind just... you of? <laughs> Oh, he reminds me. And I I literally was sitting there and I was like, because he's wearing like his suit thing. Yeah. And his feet are so tiny looking because he's so big. He's such a round dude. And I was like, he reminds me of someone. He reminds me of the penguin from Batman, like the old cartoon Batman. Like the animated series? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> penguin penguin <laughs> with the little top hat and the fucking red hair coming out literally in the black kind of suit that's this totally, motherfucker had oh. a top hat that would literally Dude, be him okay yeah that's that's going on instagram bro <laughs> <laughs> that's phenomenal that's very true so we got penguin just finished cutting a promo and they're out for this world wrestling federation championship match it's vader versus undertaker originally scheduled to be undertaker versus thonginator no i miss but ahmed had to go off and join the nation and then fuck himself up in a bunch of ligaments in his leg and he won't be around for a little bit Unfortunately I for miss him, Thonginator. Do you really? He I joined miss, the nation the last time he saw. I miss him. the thong. <laughs> you just miss him, like just straight Ahmed Johnson. Yeah. No nation. Yeah, well, that's unfortunate for you. <sighs> Can I go back and like just get a picture of the thong? Like, come on, that's <laughs> well, all I need. You can go watch Royal Rumble '97. Yeah, <laughs> that's on your time, bro. Uh, but yeah, so Vader is the replacement, which is not a great replacement. I oh. think I would have loved to see an Ahmed Undertaker match for the world title. Yeah, I would have loved. That would have been that. amazing. I would have been way better than this. But 
frankly, quite frankly, this ended up actually being a pretty damn good match itself in and of its own. Uh, Vader, he doesn't, he, he's strong, he's big, but he likes to flex his <laughs> quote unquote muscles. What did I call them? Oh my God. Um, cause he kept like flexing and I'm like, it's just fat. Like, literally. You're literally like you're flexing, expecting these big muscles to bulge out. They're not bulging out because it's just fat. It's fat flexing. Fat flexing. <laughs> and I'm like, the oh, FF. my God. The double F fat flexing. That's what. Uh, and funnily enough, there used to be a, a wrestler named Earthquake, and he was a big dude, too. Also from Surrey. Uh, Interesting. And he had huge feuds with Hulk Hogan back in the day. Huh. Uh, yeah, very cool guy. And uh, he did the same thing, fat flexing. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, he was doing it the whole time. And I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker comes out. And I love when he gets to the ring now. Obviously, the best uh, entrance in wrestling history, at least in my opinion, is The Undertaker. The music the smoke, the lights, the ambiance, everything about it is great. But before he always used to go to the corner when he come in and slowly raise the lights up as they go. Now he's this kind of a little more aggressive slash quicker undertaker. And he just like real quick. You get the fucking I know it concussion. scared Vader. It did. And Paul Bear too. Like they literally like looked like they shit their pants. <laughs> yeah, probably did. Honestly, if you were in the middle of the ring when it's pitch black out and the Undertaker's standing in the corner and he lifts his arms up and there's a concussion that goes off, you probably shit your pants too. <sighs> no, I'd get just so excited. Like it's the Undertaker. Oh yeah, my but God. what if you had to wrestle him? Oh, he could wrestle me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that ginger would fucking lay the smack down on you. Uh, but I love watching The Undertaker, everything about him. But just this is, I don't know if I'd say this is prime Undertaker. You know, um, he's pretty great at this time. Maybe like physically, this is his prime. He would have better matches later in his career. But uh, it's just such a wonder to be able to watch this guy work because he's such a huge dude so legit 610 over 300 pounds and the guy moves like he's taka michinoku Mm -hmm. he's fucking insane he walks that top rope like nobody's business uh but it's funny because uh paul always gets screwed over with that though that's the only thing i mean it's not the most effective move when you literally have to hold a guy's hand to walk across the rope and then they can easily just kind of hands no let's hold hands dude and i'll walk across the rope and take your arm out when i'm coming down but you can just move me quick and i'll fall and nut myself on the top (laughs) rope hilariously enough best line of the night we had from jim ross where undertaker went outside and was chasing paul bear and jim ross going he's waddling for his laugh that's literally me pregnant (laughs) waddling Waddling for my fucking life life. yes penguin was literally waddling away from the undertaker (laughs) Uh, they went for a tombstone spot here, but they kind of fucked it up and fell over, which you don't really see too often in an Undertaker match. But Well, I mean, with how big Not So Darth is. Sure. Yeah. He's a big dude. Big dude. 450. 
four. You could easily lose boy. your footing with that. Fair enough. He's a big boy. But he goes for the Vader bomb, and Undertaker comes up and pulls the Stone Cold, punches him right in the balls when he's on the second rope. And then he grabs him for a choke slam. Well, the thing is, he stands there and, like, Oh, yeah, bounces. no, he, like, bounces. He does this like, bounce thing. It's like he's trying to ride a horse. I know. <laughs> Speaking of riding horses, eventually there's going to be a guy that debuts who has a move called the Bronco Buster. And I can, wow. and you can uh, predict what he might do in that move. Oh God! Riding a horse. So yeah, he's. Uh, this is kind of what uh, Vader does on the middle rope. Is he just kind of bounces just up and bounces, down. and it gives them a chance to like get up and punch him yeah. in the balls. <laughs> and that's Come exactly on. what I us. But then he grabs him. The old goozle, the fucking choke slam. It's a big ass choke slam from the second rope, and he goes down, picks him up, second choke slam. Only for a two, and then again gets the 450 pound Rocky Mountain Grizzly Bear, the big stinky fucking Kodak Grizzly. Picks him up for the tombstone and the Uno Dos Tres in the middle of the ring. Undertaker retains his World Wrestling Federation Championship. He's had this thing since March, WrestleMania. He's had it for a little while now. now. How much longer do you think oh, he's going to have it? I don't think it's SummerSlam's coming up. Mm. Who does he work at SummerSlam for the I title? I have no idea. Who knows? I know. Uh, and then after this, obviously, Paul Bear, he's waddling away like the penguin he is, and he's going to live to fight another day. But how long will that be for? And then we get to the final match of the night. The 10-man gangbang. The 10-man gangbang, as Aaron refers to it as. The 10-man Well, that's just way match. too many names to list. You know? Oh, it's literally the Heart Foundation versus Team Austin, as I called them. Or Team America World Police. Wow. Yes. Yeah, I just said 10-man gangbang. 10-man gangbang. We have the Heart Foundation. Uh, we have the uh, promos, obviously, before the match. And, you know, we're all about family values in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And then we have a promo from all the American guys, except for Stone Cold, who's holding a Coke for some reason <laughs> during their promo. Yeah. I don't know why. But uh, he does. He just walks off without even saying anything. And of course, the mic goes to Hawk. And we're going to get some fucking gold from yeah, Hawk. Yeah, we're expecting something It's going to be great. Epic. You know, every time this guy has a mic shoved in his face, it's going to be just fucking goodness. No, he's like, what a rush. And that's it. How disappointing. I was so sad. And maybe because they're in Canada, he's just like, fuck you guys. I ain't giving you some crazy bullshit that I usually give you. I don't know why. I don't know. I Either miss way. the crazy bullshit. Yeah. We don't get much out of Hawk here. Maybe he was fucking gassed off his tits or something, but who knows? Uh, but yeah, we have the big match. It's the Hart Foundation. Brian Pillman, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and Bret Hart up against Team America World Police. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ken Shamrock, Gold Dust, and the Legion of Doom. Or we have Spiky Dino Bros. Spiky Dino Bros. Golden Chicken McNugget. <laughs> yep. Four Leaf Clover and Stone Cold Steve Austin against Bitch Heart, <laughs> Tassel Cutie, Boots, Tassel Boots, Cutie Patootie, Boston Pizza, and Heart Fucker. And Heart Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> the 10 Man Gangbang. Uh, so we have apparently the Wish.com version of the Dixie Chicks. It's Canada's answer to that group. It's Farmer's Daughter. 
Yeah, that's weird. Whoever the fuck these girls are, and they're singing the Canadian national anthem. I mean, it makes sense we're in Canada I mean, that we sure. t- sing the Canadian. But the thing is, is they never sing the American national anthem at wrestling matches that I know of. Uh, they do before, like, the show goes on the air. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, they just don't show it on camera. Okay. Which is great because I hate the American national anthem. Uh, you know what I do every time I'm watching a hockey or football you game? mute it. I mute it. I even mute the Canadian national anthem. It just annoys the shit out of me. I think it's something they should take out of sporting events because it's a fucking waste of time and it's bullshit. But you know what? Ralph Klein, the premier of Alberta, is here yeah. standing and sitting beside fucking Stu and Helen Hart, the matriarch and the patriarch. Stu has no idea what's going on. He has no idea where he is. He's 82 at this point. Does he have, like, dementia or something? Uh, probably. A, I'm not sure, but I would assume something along those lines. He's 82 years old at this point. He doesn't have hmm. too many years left. Uh, but, yeah, he's here somehow, and he's watching his boys do their thing. With his wife, the water slide. The wife, the water slide, the valley of fear. <laughs> uh, and I, Yeah. So Goldust comes out, and you made the note that Marlena. Golden titties Golden wasn't titties, there. She's not there. Oh, I'm so disappointed. And Sick Man also, you know, explains why. She's at home. She's at home. She's a super lady. She's a super mother. And she's also a super corner person. <laughs> super corner person what, what, what the fuck is- where did that come from oh, kind of Vince is some on. weird shit sometimes but like super corner person that sounds like a really bad super nintendo game it sounds like <laughs> to me you know super manager super, super valet you know when people work a corner Super corner person. Wow. I know a few of those brothers. Uh, Oh, no. I just, I was like, no, please. That's terrible. Yeah. Uh, Austin comes out last to a uh, a half and half mixture, but more booze than anything, just because we're in Calgary, Alberta, dude. And uh, the Heart Foundation are over like fucking Grover. But Austin's got the fucking vitriol here. He's flipping off the fans. He's <laughs> jaw jacking them. He's raising the fucking fingers when he does his corner poses. Mm-hmm. Usually he just does the fists. But this time he's like, fuck you, Canada. And he's going all the way with this. But then the Heart Foundation come out. And yes. You may hate the Heart Foundation with every single fiber of your being, but even you cannot escape the fact that these guys had one of the biggest fucking reactions that you've ever heard a wrestler have that we've done this podcast Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The line was a mile long for these guys. Hang on. I love how their Team Canada... Two of them are fucking Canadian. Yeah. Two. Yeah, only two. Two are American. One is from England. Yes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Come on but now. they're part of the Heart Foundation, okay? They're all family, basically, except for Pillman. And Boston Pizza's a fucking poser. 
He's ingratiated himself to the Hart Foundation. He's literally just like, oh, I get to beat the shit out of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay. Sign me up. Well, they used to be tag team partners. And I know. Austin turned on him. So, of course, he wants to beat up Stone Cold Steve Austin. But like I said, you have to admit, the fucking crowd reaction for these guys, deafening. <sighs> deafening. Unbelievable shit here. But, of course, the best part of this whole intro, Pillman comes out first to an insane reaction. Anvil comes out, pretty good reaction. Fucking bulldog. Man, the people were fucking having it for tassel boots here. But you know what they really were having for it? Fucking tell us. <laughs> that was so funny. So they, like, kind of panned to this one spot and there's a TELUS sign. Yeah. And I was like, oh! Yep. It's my, co- my company that I work yep. for. Oh, my God. I love that. And it's funny because it's like the TELUS logo that we all know and love. Yeah. The T with the fucking, you know, how the T goes. The T and then the like kind of like E-L-U-S, it's a loop, right? Like yeah. the T is the loop. But I was thinking back as a child is when my mom had to pay the phone bill when you had to go to a building to pay a phone bill uh she went to the bc tell building down five corners across the street from save on foods where i have worked Mm -hmm. previously uh funny story about that save on foods that i used to work at in downtown chilliwack brother represent (laughs) i took a kindergarten tour uh, with my kindergarten class to oh, that save on oh foods when I was five years old. Okay. So I was in kindergarten. I was that young. I took a tour of that save on foods at five corners downtown, went in the freezer, looked all around the person who did my tour. I would work with and be his boss 16 years later and eventually be his boss. <laughs> and then I would go work at the same store as a supervisor years mm-hmm. later. It's amazing how things work out. But across the street there was the old BC Tell building, which is still there and still empty after all these it's years. It's a TELUS building. Yeah. And yeah. It literally, they have like all the windows. They're like the TELUS decals and everything. And yeah. But the thing is, when like did they change from BC Tell to TELUS? Because I saw this Loop T TELUS logo when Bulldog was coming out. When I was that age as a kid, I remember it being BC Tell. So I don't know when they actually changed the name to Tell Us. Uh, let me Google this shit. Get that shit up, brother. In 1998, Tell Us and BC Tell. What? 1998? Hang on. Tell Us and BC Tell announced a proposed merger. Oh. The merger was completed in 1999. While Tell Us was the nominal survivor, the merged company moved its headquarters from Edmonton to Vancouver. So they amalgamated BC Tell and Tell Us? Yes. Ah, so Tell Us is already a thing. So it's not yeah. like Tell Us immediately replaced BC Tell, is that they just amalgamated and eventually just used the Tell Us name. And TELUS started in 1990, the year I was born, in Edmonton. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. TELUS. TELUS. Or as I like to call them, pay us. Oh, come on. (laughs) 
We get yes. discounts. You get discounts. Uh, I would have lost my shit if there was like an ad for Save On Foods at that fucking <laughs> <movie. laughs> No, been the funny. only problem was is that Save On Foods wasn't in Alberta in 1997. I actually only uh, went into Alberta and across some of the prairie provinces only in the last like seven, eight years. So unfortunately, we were not in Alberta at the time, so we would not seen a Save On Foods sign. But if we see a Vancouver house show, look for that fucking Save On Foods logo, brother. Fuck, dude. That's hilarious. What a great tangent about TELUS. Uh, <laughs> Brett and Austin, this 10-man gangbang, the 10-man tag. Brett and Austin have to start the shit out. Of course. They have to. It's just the only way. And that's exactly what happens. But again, the crowd is fucking nuts. They're completely insane. Shaking the fucking hard camera, stomping their feet. Like, I've never seen the hard camera shake as much as it did at this show. It's just fucking insane. The match goes back and forth. Everybody gets their shit in. Shamrock comes in. Spiky Dino Bros. Pillman. Everybody gets in there. They have all their brawls. Why would you ever go for a submission in this match? Because it's just going to get broken up in yeah, 2.5 seconds. I don't <laughs> like, get it. I don't, don't bother with sharpshooters or Boston Crabs or any kind of submissions. Because it's just going to get fucking broken up. Why do that? But Austin... He fucking goes after Owen. So there's a huge melee in the ring. All the guys are going after it. Austin grabs Owen, brings him to the post, fucking wraps his leg around that post a bunch of times. And then he gets the chair and he fucking nails Brett or Owen's leg with said steel chair. And he's off. He's going to the back. He's getting looked at. Now it's a nine-man gangbang. It's five on four. So the Americans have the upper hand. And... Wow. <laughs> Brett doesn't see too kindly about this whole fucking taking Owen out. So Brett takes it upon himself to do the exact same thing to fucking Copycat. Austin. Copycat, man. And he takes Austin to the post, wraps his legs around, and grabs a random fire extinguisher yeah, what and the fuck? his leg with it and sticks on the fucking figure four on the post as well. So Austin, obviously not wanting to leave, the referees push him out, and now he's in the back getting medical attention. So both guys are out, but eventually Austin limps his ass back to the ring, and then eventually Owen comes back too. The crazy thing here is that Austin and Brett... They have been the big feud for quite a while now, going back to almost around this time this year it started, or this this time last year when they started this feud, and then going into their Survivor Series the first time they had a match against each other. But now, Owen with the roll-up and holds Austin's tights, cheats, mm. and gets the one, two, three. Fuck. And I literally, on my notes... Uh -huh. I put heartfuckers one with the barf emoji. <laughs> and they get the big W in the 10-man gangbang here. Owen pins Austin in the middle of the ring. Brett was probably like, bro. When was the last time we've seen Steve Austin take a pinfall loss? I don't even remember. Do not remember. I think probably Undertaker at uh, Cold Day in Hell. That was probably the last time Austin lost by pinfall. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going back to May. So it's been but a couple cheated. months. But he did cheat. Owen cheated. But we're in Canada, so it's celebrated as a W. And do you feel like, yes, I've said that Brett and Austin, it's been their feud for almost the better part of the year. Do you feel like because Austin went after Owen, Owen came back, Owen gets the pin over Austin. Do you feel like they're going to 
start to change course a little bit and do an Austin Owen feud now? I mean, it's possible. Owen's got the Intercontinental title. Austin's never won the Intercontinental title. Do you feel like that could be the possible trajectory of the feud right now? Fucking Hart family, literally the entire crowd, trying to get in the (laughs) ring to celebrate. Stone Cold comes back in by himself and tries to take on the entire family. Fucking Bruce Hart is out there. Fucking goddamn Bruce Hart and his stupid sunglasses. Uh, they're all jumping him and then fucking security comes in and handcuffs Austin. And he's like, (laughs) as he's leaving, he's flipping the crowd off while he's handcuffed. He's He's just like, he leans forward and bends over a bit and like, (laughs) he bends over hands and handcuffs, still flipping off this fucking partisan Calgary crowd. And the entire crowd jumps in the ring, including Georgia Smith and natalia neidhart uh they're all in the ring and they have the big wonderful family values moment of the hart family winning one over the americans in canada in their hometown they're like the beatles in fucking calgary that's just the way it is they are heroes they are the hometown heroes and they are not to be trifled with and monday night raw our next episode the night after this july 7th in edmonton so you're going to see much of the same lauded as superheroes in alberta Hmm. the alberta beef what was your rating for this pay-per-view although you did not like the result of the main event overall the pay-per-view is pretty fucking solid yeah and uh undertaker didn't lose undertaker won his match too and taka showed up and fucking mankind and triple h fought all night long We'll give it a 4.4. 4.4. Holy shit. We're getting into uh, ambulance And also, being a pay-per-view, it didn't Didn't feel that long. Yeah, it did not drag at all. So I was a fan of that because the fact that we watch more more wrestling over One Tree Hill kind of pisses me off. It's just the the way it rolls, wrestling episodes are longer and i'm like um, i'm not when they were shorter that was fine but i'm not down for the longer um but the fact that it wasn't a full like three hour pay-per-view that i yeah. had to sit through with boring ass matches like there was no boring matches here it was at all. it was a lot easier to sit through i agree and and i don't even like the longer pay-per-views as well too because you do get some shit matches in there uh but this was perfect length for a pay-per-view especially like a so-called b in your house pay-per-view but uh it was top-notch man for in your houses or like so-called b pay-per-views this is probably the best one i've ever seen honestly it's just phenomenal great length great matches the best crowd you could possibly hope for and uh yeah just overall a fucking 10 out of 10 show man it was amazing Mm -hmm. uh but not a 10 out of 10 episode unfortunately with 10 out of 10 moments we had the 40th episode of this podcast and the season two episode 18 of one tree hill we have the lonesome road warriors or the lonesome road for one tree hill Mm-hmm. So we are here, season two. We're getting closer to the end of season two here. We only got a few episodes left. Shit's going down. Just wait. Oh man. Just oh, fucking man. wait. Oh, dude, Just I feel it in my soul, dude. Shit's going down. Wait. Oh. 
it hurts. I gotta double check something actually. Okay, we're good. I checked. You know, like after we watch an episode, first thing I do is usually just double check what's coming up because. You know, I've seen this, yes, so many times, but yeah. my brain is shit. <clears throat> and <laughs> it's like, I forget what happens in the next episode. Yeah. Shit goes down. Y- yeah. Damn. You know, it's funny is because like it has literally been like since how many years? 26 years ago, I actually watched these Monday Night Raws live. So I never really rewatched a lot of them, if any. Because uh, you watch them live, and then you don't really go back and watch weekly television. Now, I've re-watched 97, 98, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I downloaded a torrent of all the Raws from <laughs> 97 and 98 and watched them all in the pay-per-views. Well, it's been a long time since I've done that. So my my memory is foggy at the best of times just because it's been so long and i've watched so much wrestling it's just hard to pinpoint each thing you remember the big moments that happen because you see like highlight videos and whatever but i actually have to go back and watch the next episode each time to actually get a good refresher of what happened Mm -hmm. and that makes sense that you would do this for one tree hill as well too yeah i mean it's just i yeah i had watched this series through as we were starting (laughs) This whole podcast, I think I was on like season two or three when we started talking about even doing the podcast Mm -hmm. and I burned through the rest of the series so fast just because I was like, okay, like I was getting confused when we were watching things. Sure, because you were at a different point than where we were in the podcast. I was so confused at what was going on. You just did that Uh, to yourself, brother. I did, but I couldn't just stop and I wanted to make sure like, yeah, this was something we could easily do. Right. But yeah, yeah, let's get into it. Let's oh. do it. Well, we start off in fucking Slick Lizard, Alabama. <laughs> that was Lizard like, with two Zs. And in Canada, we say Z, not Z, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Nathan is heading home. He was out to see Haley and in the last episode and, you know, things did not go quite the way he was expecting and he gets a call from his sister-in-law taylor who's uh playing charlie daniels devil went down to georgia on repeat for some reason she is good song though great tune somewhere she couldn't really get into it but she's doing her thing and told him where she is at the some bar she's at a bar and uh he decides to make a little detour on his trip home yeah to go see the hurricane stand back there's a hurricane coming through That's right. Stand back. There's a hurricane coming through, and that's Hurricane Taylor. Uh, yes. It's happening. So while Nathan's gone, Luke decides, well, Jake's here, and he can't really stay at Peyton's because Nikki knows where to find him. So why doesn't Jake stay at Nathan's place? 
you know, he's got the whole place to himself then. It may be a little messy because Nathan's not doing so good and, you know, but at least it's safe. Sure. So that's nice. We get an Anna scene and Sean was pissed because he's sick of Anna scenes. Yeah, I really am. And Anna has a knock on the door and it's her, a friend named Darby Darby Allen. Oh my God. She's looking to give her the coffin drop off the top rope. The fuck, bro? Mm. So this chick named Darby showing up to visit Anna Sounds like they have some history. Sure, no one cares. And next scene. Uh, actually, before that, we had uh, the ceiling. So in the last episode, the ceiling. Dan would oh, go yeah. into the fucking ceiling. You just don't read notes very well, brother. Because uh, you write nonsense. And I'm like, what the fuck are you I even literally talking put about? The ceiling. What does the ceiling have to do with anything? Lucas saw Dan go into a ceiling yes. in his office and he was we knew fiddling around with shit. But now this time, the fucking... Lucas looked. Lucas looked because Dan was leaving to go. He shuts the blinds. He does a little bit of reconnaissance. And he goes up into that ceiling and he finds, not only does he find a huge bag of fucking money, he finds this uh, notebook with Grand Theft Auto 3 codes on there. R2, R2, <laughs> L1, R2, That's left, what right, confused up, down, me. I left, was like, right, what the up, fuck down. are you talking Dude, about? Dude, it's R2, R2, L1, R2, left, right, up, down, left, right, up, down. Or left, down, right, up. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto 3 codes, brother. That's how, that's the uh, the unlimited ammo code. And if you want the armor code, it's R two R two L one L two. Don't left, care. Down, right up. Left down. Right up. I don't care. Well, you should care because that's one of the greatest video games of all time. So he finds the GTA codes and he finds the money in there. Wow. Yes. He finds a ledger and yeah, money. with a bunch of weird shit on there that makes no sense. Well, and the money is plastic wrapped. Yeah, like unmarked bills. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows what's going on there? Maybe mm. some kind of uh, maybe laundering shit going on with Dan. Who really knows mm. how he actually makes his money? Who knows? Yes. Anyways, so Jake is talking to the lawyer and... The thing is, is it's either he gives up Jenny to Nikki. Or he goes to jail. Or goes to jail. And honestly, Jake's like, there's no way. There has to be something else. And the lawyer is saying, sorry, dude. Like, you, you, Oh, yeah. Why can't we have a hearing? You missed the hearing. It already happened. You fucked up. You weren't there. Too fucking bad for you. So eventually, there's a possibility that he could be thrown in a double jail cell. Oh, my God. (laughs) Double jail cell. (sighs) Why do I put up with you? It's going to be fucking hard times for Jake. I'm telling you that much. Big boss man's going to pay him a visit. Uh, I just feel so bad for him because, like, he literally says, like, if I do this, if I... Give Jenny to Nikki. How long until I get her back? How long until she's safe again? He's like two, two or three months. Yeah, that's He's too like, long. that's way too long. Yeah. Nathan does his detour 
And you know what? I figured out that this detour, because he was in Slick Lizard, Alabama, or the fuck he was. Mm -hmm. And I guess she's in Georgia, kind of like where Haley was, because I would assume it is in Georgia because they keep playing The Devil Went Down to Georgia. So it would make sense that she was in Georgia. At the Swinging Donkey. That's what the bar is called. Swinging Donkey in wherever Georgia. Cody Rhodes' hometown. Who knows? Uh, but this detour, four and a half hours off the beaten path. Oh, well, the thing is, so Nathan's doing this visit to Taylor because, you know, he remembers. Oh, she was my first. Remember that night? She could. We could do it again. Yeah. He just wants to get laid. Oh, he's just lonely. That's all. He just wants to get fucked. Which, honestly, it's Taylor. I don't blame him. She's pretty hot, dude. And she gets real hot. I'm glaring daggers at you. And she gets real hot in this episode, too, I'm glaring daggers at you right now. Damn, dude. This was a Taylor episode, and I'm here for it, brother. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, So, Nikki shows up at Peyton's place, and she's telling her, like, you know, the police are watching you. How does she know where Peyton lives? She figured it out. I mean, obviously, we knew that she She knew. could have just walked in. It's not like she locks her door or anything. Yeah, well, I don't know. But she says to Peyton, like, look, at this point, if you get caught with Jenny, you're, you're an, an ex- accessory. You're an accessory, yeah. So... Better fucking tell your boy to stop hiding and give up Jenny. I don't understand why Nikki is fighting so hard for Jenny. She doesn't want this kid. She doesn't want to take care of a kid. She doesn't want to be in this kid's life. I don't get why she's so badly wants Jenny back after all this time of being an absent mother. I don't. I, I don't understand. I and don't plus, get she it. can't take care of a fucking kid. <laughs> she has no idea. Yeah, we're going to get a story later on. But yeah. So we find out Anna and Darby dated. Yeah, no one cares. Brooke works at Karen's Cafe now. (laughs) The way you're just like, yeah, no one cares. Yeah, no one fucking cares, dude. Well, literally, they like any scene where it was Darby and Anna, it literally dragged. Yeah, it was. It just felt way too long. Long and boring, and it felt like a fucking. Brian Christopher match. Fuck. Let's go. Fucking. So Brooke starts working at Karen's cafe, which I don't know why she wouldn't have just fucking worked there in the first place instead of getting crabs at the old crab shack. Maybe she just didn't think about applying there or bright. So that probably is accurate. Maybe Karen just wasn't quite hiring or something. Something must have been going on that she didn't think to work there or maybe too because of the whole lucas thing who knows yeah that's a possibility as well because i don't think i'd be interested in working for my ex-boyfriend's mom no no matter how much she loves you uh <laughs> she does seem to be uh drifting from her cheer team because uh, there's all these fucking parties going on well and, and that and she's also been voted the like president for the student body body president and so she's been a little preoccupied so the team is really starting to feel that the drift yeah yes she's been drifting yeah 
So now fucking, I guess Jenny had, or Jenny, Nikki, Nikki had said to Peyton to get Jake to meet her at a certain river time court. at the river court. Yeah. And so Peyton had told him and he was like, fuck no. He shows up at Nikki's hotel room. Yeah. And she's like, where do you know what, like, how do you know where to find me? And he's like, guess I'm better at this than you are. And she drops a bomb that maybe Jenny isn't his. Yeah. And that they always used protection. I mean, protection can fail. It's not 100%. (laughs) Double J Jr. could not be. (laughs) Double J Jr.? No. Holy fuck. I don't quite buy it. I don't really believe this narrative. Jake doesn't buy it either. No, He's I don't like, think anybody buys his narrative. Even if she wasn't Jake's, she's Jake's. Because the thing is, is he's been there. Oh, like yeah. he's, he's been dad, dad yeah. this entire time since she was born. And if Nikki was a fucking hoe bag and went and slept with some other dude and got pregnant when she Which was is very with Jake, possible, hundred percent possible. But I mean, who would the dad be then? Mm. Hoe bag. <laughs> um, Nathan. Oh my god! Oh, you imagine the no. repercussions, brother. That would be terrible. God damn. So now we cut back to Nathan. He's drinking with Taylor at this bar, and they're having a good old time. Oh, yeah, they are. Taylor's getting up on the fucking table. It's a good time. They were up on the bar. They were doing a whole Coyote Ugly thing going on. With Devil Went Down to Georgia, which is a fucking top-notch song, by the way. Charlie Daniels Band. Uh, but holy shit, dude. She's scoring major points for me here, brother. I'm gonna throw shit at you. Come on. Damn it. Holy fuck. Bro. Dude. Dude, you drool over fucking British Bulldog and Ahmed Johnson. (laughs) Literally almost an entire year's worth of fucking drool. You got a drool pool in the fucking backyard for tassel boots and thonginator. (laughs) And I make one comment about how fucking hot Hurricane Taylor is, and you're like, fucking divorce! You're gonna make your pregnant wifey feel insecure, okay? Oh, please. Am I having a child with you, or am I having a child with Hurricane Taylor? I don't know. We could double check. Yes, we could. If only. Bro! (laughs) the fuck give me my samsung pen back ah, you bitch. have your own samsung pen give fuck me you. my samsung pen no back. i'll take the notebook too uh, deal with it oh my god fickle change it yeah she's fucking bar dancing and i'm down with it well and she drags nathan up there with her yeah right he's doing the fucking coyote fugly as well and then yeah they uh Head back to, well, I guess she's house-sitting the place upstairs. Yeah, yeah. And they go up, and Nathan's like, oh, yeah, let's... Well, uh, they play for it. Yeah. They're playing basketball. 
Yeah. And he's talking about how his dad's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want in practice, but just make sure you show up for the game. And so yeah. he makes the bet that, hey, if I make this shot, we're going upstairs. And of course he makes the shot. Oh, boy. Yep. What do you think's going to happen there? Nothing. Brooke skips work to party. Is this like her first shift? <laughs> <laughs> like, literally her first shift? She put in more hours at the fucking crab shack than she does at Karen's Cafe? I think because she's like, oh, it's Lucas's mom. Like, she's not going to care. Yeah, whatever. Well, and she was like, she doesn't need me the whole time. And then she just lost track of time. Sure. And maybe maybe someone unplugged the clock at her party. <laughs> wow. <laughs> See, Such a Chris Keller thing to I do. I can fucking reference shit too, dude. I got memory for this. I don't have Not memories. Not just but okay. wrestling. <laughs> so. Uh, but yeah, Brooke's a dumb bitch again, so. So making bad decisions. Luke and Andy go to the dealership late at night. Yeah. There's no cameras inside. Yet. So Lucas is like, oh, it's just the alarm. I can disarm it. Yeah. And we can go in. The thing is, is alarm companies and stuff like they keep track of when things are disarmed. And not only that, too. I mean, I know this is like 2005, but like. These days, you unlock alarms and like buildings and stuff. They could go straight to people's phones now. So mm-hmm. you know, if you unlock an alarm and the owner, that every time it gets locked or unlocked, it goes straight to the owner's phone, so they know exactly what's going on. At what all times. if when I go to work and I put in my code, they know it's me? Yeah, exactly. So, yep. unless someone steals my code, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. So. Lucas goes up into the ceiling and notices the duffel bag with the money and the ledger is gone. Holy shit. Dan's playing Grand Theft Auto 3. He but, needs those coats. Oh, my God. Actually, it's more San Andreas probably at this time. But So here's the thing, though. When they walk in, obviously everything's dark. They have flashlights. They go around this corner <laughs> and there's Dan standing there. It's not Dan. It's his it's cardboard, cardboard fucking cutout. Cut out. <laughs> That was great. His smiling face just oh sitting right god. there. Oh my god. That would god. have been terrifying. How many of these fucking Dan cutouts do we have? Card Dan cutouts. I've seen the, probably four. At least. Yeah. It's, it's pretty ridiculous. hilarious. It's pretty it's funny. It's ridiculous. Just a constant reminder of the amazingness that is Dan. Oh my god. <laughs> but yes, the ledger's gone. So, Karen is, you know, at home and Brooke makes her through the door into Lucas's bedroom. Thinking that she can sneak in Just unnoticed. In. And Karen turns on the light. Well, the she bedroom. tries to fucking sneak in the house and Karen's in there eating 64 slices of American cheese and catches her. Simpsons what? reference. Brother. Oh my God. Catches her and she grounds her. Yeah. And she's, Brooke's like, you like, can't fucking ground me. You, yeah. you can't fire me. I quit. You can't ground me. And she's like, you're under my care. So, yes, I can. Yeah. Unless you want to pack you, your bags yeah. and go move your to pa- California. Parents will, yeah. You know, I'll help you. I'll yeah. help you pack. Yeah. So, that's fun. Yeah. Brooke's not thrilled. Well, she, Karen's taking a hard line with her, and she's not used to this because she's not used to this whole supervision. Parents actually giving a shit. She's probably stuff. never been grounded in her entire she's life. Probably never even seen her parents barely, <laughs> let oh alone get God. grounded. 
so then we get the story. Jake tells the story to Whitey. So Lucas and had called, or sorry, Whitey had called Peyton and Lucas into his office and said they had some explaining to do. And uh, so they tell like why, like what's going on with Jake to Whitey. And so Whitey and Lucas go to Nathan's apartment where Jake is staying and Jake's really taken off guard. But the thing is, Whitey just wants to talk. He wants to find out why he's throwing away like so much, like what's going on. And Jake tells him this story about Nikki Mm -hmm. having care quote unquote care over double J for one night literally one night literally one night she he was busy and his parents were busy so he's like yeah sure she can try it for a night and she went to a bar and left Jenny in the car freezing cold with no blanket the windows were frosty And that's how he found his daughter after trying to call her, Mm. calling her friends, everything to try and find her. He finally tracks her down and drunk asleep. Cars, uh, car keys still in the ignition. Yeah. Drunk as fuck. Shivering little girl on the backseat. Just dude, that whole story just put shivers down my fucking spine. Cause I was just like, holy fuck. What if that's like that happened? And it's just like, I would fucking murder anybody who did that shit. Right? So, oh, man, that's just... It really puts in perspective how much of a piece Especially of shit Nikki is. with us, like, being parents to literally a 20-month-old right now. Yeah. It's like, could you fucking imagine? Yeah, being that, uh, you know, just abandoning, basically. You know, just being that careless. It's, it's so fucked up to me. I mean, I've gone for drives with Flynn and he's fallen asleep. And if I pull over or stop somewhere and it's hot, like it, I did this all summer. If it's hot, I'm stopped with the AC running and I'm awake watching, making sure he's okay. If it's cold, the heat is running. Like he's not going to be cold, but he's going to get his sleep like fuck it's just like oh my god yeah i would not ever want to see nikki be primary parent oh man that'd be horrible that'd be horrible shit yeah but i think everyone in their lives they definitely have someone else in their lives that remind them of a nikki that is that kind of person and that kind of parent unfortunately yeah as sad as that is I can't think of anyone at the top of my head right now. I know some. <laughs> Definitely. Huh. You're going to have to tell me some stories. I will. Okay. I'm excited to hear. <laughs> yep. We get more Darby and Anna, blah, blah, blah. It's more Darby is just trying to convince Anna yeah, to come blah, out blah, to blah, her blah. parents. Come around, she will. No one cares. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I'm just going to keep no selling Darby and Come this on. entire fucking episode until the, the, the goodness of what happens later. 
but Nathan and Hurricane Taylor are up in her upstairs little apartment thing. And uh, it could happen here, dude. Well, that's the thing. They go in and Nathan's drunk and he pushes Taylor against the door and is like trying to start making out with her. And And he stops. He literally stops himself. Yep. And he's like, what made you, what, what does she say? She's like, oh, why did I make you stop? He's like, no, I made me stop. Well, and the thing is, is she knew that it wasn't going to actually happen. Yeah. Because as much as he was all talk, she's like, he's still Haley. Yeah. It's still Haley. Yeah, exactly. He's not just going to throw like, yes, Haley's technically throwing it away right now, but Nathan's not going to go and throw it away for Taylor. No, there's no future there. No. But he kind of implies that Taylor is a slut. Yes. And Taylor's kind of pissed about it. It doesn't go very well. Not at all. Okay. Lucas. Oh, this is one of my favorite scenes in the episode. Yeah, I'm just going to let you talk about this one. (laughs) Okay. So Lucas is returning a book. Okay. And not just any fucking book. He's returning a book to Dan that he borrowed. And it's fucking Sherlock Holmes. Okay, dude fucking sherlock holmes and it's hilarious because i literally just finished watching the fucking updated 2012 sherlock edition that's uh the television show that stars benedict cumberbatch and martin freeman and it's fuck fucking phenomenal dude it is an amazing show i loved every minute of it cumberbatch and and uh, freeman are are so fucking good in it and it's hilarious because he uh, Lucas returns his book to Dan and he talks about it a little bit. And then Dan goes, oh, you know, I, I, I kind of I'm a little more on Moriarty's side on this. And if you watch her, like, you know, Moriarty is the ultimate of ultimate fucking heels. And uh, Lucas kind of says, you know, he's a villain, right? And he's like, that's one interpretation. Here's the thing, though. <laughs> this whole time when they're talking about this. So before Lucas went in to return the book, it's in Dan's home office. Yeah. And Dan is got a file where he's shredding some papers. Mm -hmm. And these papers to Lucas look like they might be a little important. Yes. So I wonder what that's about, Dan. I don't know, but he's uh, pulling a Moriarty here. And uh, if if Dan was anybody in Sherlock Holmes, he literally would be fucking Dr. Moriarty. And uh, uh, yeah, him being a heel is one interpretation. If you look at it that way, you can also see him as a, a hero if you're fucked up. But uh, yeah, no, Sherlock Holmes is amazing. Moriarty is amazing. And I love Dan that he would actually think of Moriarty as the baby face in Sherlock Holmes. That's very Dan of him. Interesting. Yes. So Brooke is at home. She's She's working through. She's got this chore list that Karen has given her. And she had woken her up with like this list of chores. And she's like, so I just pick my favorite one and just do it. And then Karen's like, and continue picking until you're done. The whole list. The entire list. So Lucas has gone home now and finds Brooke Cleaning the fucking floor with a sponge. With the fucking scrub daddy. 
a scrub daddy. She's got the old scrub daddy. And probably not a scrub daddy that last two fucking years either. Oh, God. That scrub daddy was legendary. The legendary scrub daddy that we had literally lasted us two years of washing dishes. And unfortunately, it just bought one earlier this year and it's already ripped in half. So, yeah. So, very unfortunate. Sad. But she's cleaning the entire fucking kitchen floor with this goddamn scrub daddy. And Lucas walks in and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, there's such thing as a mop. You ever heard of a mop? And then he says to her, hey, you take the even numbers, I'll take the odds, and we can bust this thing out pretty quick. He said half an hour, and I was like, I could never clean the whole house in half an hour. Depends on what was on this list, though, because he didn't. I think it was pretty. You didn't actually see the tasks on. I'm pretty sure it was probably clean bathroom, clean kitchen, clean the floors. You know that, like. I'm just guessing my parents were my mom specifically could make a fucking cleaning list that would last us all fucking day. So well, Karen Rowe is not your mother. She's trying to stick it to Brooke though at this point. True. So I'm sure it's a but hefty, no cleaning list could list. ever rival your mother's cleaning list no it could never there's a reason my mom has a cleaner now and there's a reason why all you kids are fucked up because of that (laughs) come on anna tells her parents she's gay uh jake's leaving apparently yes but he tells peyton that she he needs her to do one more thing for him yes what is that thing touch the penis wow so when you know Peyton's at home and so this is the last thing that she needs to do for him yeah is the police come to her door they have a warrant to search the property for Jake and Jenny and there's the um car seat yeah and there's a basketball <laughs> in the car seat covered with a blanket. And so no Jenny. Nikki's Where the fuck pissed. is Jenny? Oh, my God. No. Nikki, she's like, okay, now Peyton is technically an odd accessory because she doesn't have Jenny now. Yeah, interesting turn of events and what they do. But you know what that means? Holy fuck. He's taken away in the paddy wagon. He turns himself in at the jail. Mm-hmm. He meets the big boss man. He is going to do some fucking hard times. And a good-looking guy like Jake doesn't seem like he really wants to drop the soap where he's going. And it's not going to be pretty. Nathan and Taylor, the morning after talk. And they kind of have a nice heart-to-heart. Yep. He apologizes, basically, for what he said about her. Mm -hmm. So that Haley is the future. You know, I know you're alone and horny and lonely and all that. But, you know, it'll pass. And away you go. Yeah. About it, yeah, and he takes off his ring. Yep, he's kind of been fiddling with it, honestly, the entire time he's been driving. Yeah, he has. So, yeah, but he's just thinking about everything, going home. You know what I'm thinking about right now? I don't want to know right now. I'm thinking about how Anna is no longer on this fucking show. Good riddance, you fucking bitch. Fuck off your brother. Fuck off you. Good fucking riddance. Fuck off forever. Hulkamania lives forever. But Anna can fuck off forever. She's decided to go back to her old boarding school. Thank fucking God. 
Good riddance. We hardly knew ye. I hope you die. Goodbye. That's this is wow. one of the greatest moments in the in the show's history. Wow. Yes. Very, very, very ecstatic that I don't have to see these two fuckers' stupid faces anymore. Okay. What a waste of a fucking character for both of them. Like, <laughs> what did they add to the show during the season that they were there? What did they add? Nothing. Complete waste of oxygen. Yeah. It Complete was, it was, waste of I feel film. like that's why season two is so tough for me to watch is just because those two characters Ugh. are so tough to watch. Garbage. Waste Any of film. scene with them, it's just like Ugh, it's cringe. Come on, it's like cringe, can man. we just get through this? No, well, we're finally out the other side. I survived. I didn't dump this podcast because these two shit characters. Luckily, we soldiered on, and here we are, and we're so close to season three. We're almost there. Almost, we're almost fucking there. Almost there. She's gone but- forever. But Brooke has another party, and it's a can't miss. Was wasn't the last party a can't miss party? This one's another one, and Bevan's like really saying it's a can't miss. But the thing is, is when they're talking about this party, Karen's standing there and watching because it's at the cafe. Yes, yeah. And uh, Karen's expecting that. Brooke's going to go and she's going to be out all night. And when she gets home, Brooke's not going to be there. Yep. Dan is on to Luke. Oh, yeah. He's getting security cameras all hooked up to his fucking office. Just making sure that no one's fiddling around, maybe looking for his Grand Theft Auto 4 codes. Here's the thing. Yeah. So once the cameras are installed and turned on... Dan looks up and then he says to Lucas, like looks over to Lucas and says, I'll be, I'll be, you. I'll be seeing you. Yeah. That's the exact line that Lucas said to Peyton when he won the match against Nathan at the oh, river court in the first episode. I'll be seeing wow. you. It all comes back around, brother. I'll be seeing you. Oh, Just in a more creepy tone. <laughs> but now with this whole like Sherlock fucking... Uh, amalgamation basically it's literally lucas is sherlock and dan is moriarty and now they will butt heads and they will go after each other and who wins sherlock or moriarty and spoilers brother i don't know if you're gonna watch the show or anybody else is in the midst of watching this show moriarty dies he kills himself on a rooftop he shoots himself in the head and then sherlock pretends to commit suicide by jumping off said building but he planned the whole damn thing dude holy fuck so is lucas gonna fake jump off a building oh my god that nathan sees him actually jump off the building but doesn't realize that he's faking it and then dan shoots himself in the head is that what's gonna happen here no okay Whitey has Jenny. But here's the thing. Whitey doesn't know how to install a goddamn car seat. (laughs) Well, you're the car seat queen, so you can teach him a thing or two. Give him some fucking motherly wisdom. The thing is... And how to do it. Is that Jenny's age, she should be rear-facing. Yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. The car seat she has, the bucket-style car seat... Is a rear-facing only car seat, but he's got There's, her. Uh, there are dumbasses like Whitey that literally are like, "Oh, my baby probably wants to look out the other way," and like 
you know, be forward facing. So I'm going to install this car seat forward facing. Uh, no, you're a fucking idiot. idiot. You should not be a parent. Fuck off. Like literally turn your child into like child protective services. And not, like fuck off. So you're literally saying that Whitey is not capable of taking care. I mean, fair enough. I don't think he is capable of taking care of her because one, he's never had kids. Two, <laughs> he, he he puts a rear facing bucket seat front facing. And three, when Jake let him watch Jenny before, he didn't ask for no fucking diaper big diapers or formula or feeding or anything like that. So I mean, Whitey's never been a parent. Obviously, Whitey is not capable. So out of all the people that they would give Jenny to so Nikki doesn't find her, fucking Whitey. The thing is... Karen would have been such a better choice. The thing is... Jenny would have been easier to find with Karen. Yeah, Whitey's Whitey. taking her somewhere. Well, I guess. Obviously, in I a guess. vehicle. And Jake trusts Whitey. Yeah, so. fair enough. But, no, obviously and it's he not Nikki. And obviously, he, he probably shouldn't trust him because that's a strike two for Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we get this fucking typical montage. There's no Jenny in the car seat. Apparently, Brooke's not ground anymore and she's allowed to Well, hang spot. on. Let me, let's go through this montage. So, Brooke is skipping this party because she was grounded and when Karen gets home she's surprised Brooks doing the dishes. Yeah. And she's like, "You're not grounded anymore. You you're like you're really impressing me at this point." She turned it around. So that's good for Brooke. Okay. Lucas goes into Dan's office at home steals the shredding and grabs he has another bag of paper shreddings for in his backpack and he switches it with a bag of shreddings that Dan was shredding before in the episode Nathan gets home and there's a voicemail on here's the thing voicemail on the answering machine at home yeah. And it was from Haley okay. after Nathan had left. Nathan has a fucking cell phone. Yeah, why the fuck would she call the home phone? Come on, Haley, get it together. And why if you had a cell phone, why do you need a home phone? Well, I mean this was like two thousand five. But I know a lot of people who got rid of their home phone by that point because they had a cell phone. Here's the thing though, when I was in living in Euro, I think I was twenty 13 20 something my phone my cell phone didn't work very well i couldn't talk on my cell phone inside my basement suite unless i sat stationary in one spot and did not move my head the entire time that's what happens when you live in yarrow brother so i had a home phone (laughs) when i lived in yarrow wow and it was great i got one that looked a little old-fashioned but it was a cordless phone it was pretty cool but yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I had a home phone in like 2013. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, Nathan deletes the Haley message before he can even hear the message. Doesn't even listen to it. Yeah, he just no-sells it. Peyton goes to visit Jake in jail. Yep. And the thing is, is she didn't even know he was turning himself in. He didn't exactly say what was going on. Oh, because she would probably try to talk him out of it if, uh, if that's what he told her That's exactly he was doing it. it. And they say, I love you. I love you. So lame. No, it's cute. Whatever. And we find out that Whitey is a terrible parent. 
he's and not a parent. Well, he's doing something with a kid here, and it's not what he should be doing. And we fade to black. There's a lot worse things that you could be doing with a kid that, you know. Like being drunk and letting it freeze to death in the back of a car. Yeah, that too. Whew. My goodness. Uh, not quite a 316, but a dollar sign 3.12 episode. Uh, obviously would not get very high marks at all. Probably would be one of the not so great episodes. But because we got Anna to fuck off forever, it gets full marks for that. Ugh. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast brothers. And sisters. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no worries, dude. Uh, yeah, next episode, apparently shit's going down in Tree Hill land. Apparently that's what's happening. You know what? I just realized. Why? When we started the episode, you didn't talk about social medias and I didn't talk about where to listen to podcasts. Well, now we can talk about that because you can follow us on TikTok <laughs> and Instagram at treehillwf.podcast. How do people know where to find us? And you can oh also listen to us on all the streaming services including what, 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 and what? Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. There you go. Perfect. I think, honestly, people know... At least where to listen to podcasts by now. You ha- probably have your favorite stri- streaming service. I would say so. I would hope so. But you know what? There's entire generations out there who have no idea what they're doing when it comes to technology. So Yeah, they wouldn't even know how to find us in the first place. They so. probably don't even have a computer or phone or internet or even know what the internet is or how to use it. Believe me, I see people like that at work every day because I have people literally coming into my store asking us to teach them how to use our their computer, and we're like, we can't do that. And then they come in and they're like, "Well, can you teach me how to use my cell phone?" And their cell phones with Virgin, and I'm like, "No, (laughs) you're not with Telus. Then go or Kudo, go to Virgin. Like, fuck." (sighs) I know. Technology is there to enrich in, in enrich our lives and make our lives more convenient. So why wouldn't you want to do that with your life to make things easier, more accessible, and better for yourself? I don't understand why people fight technology so much. I am of the the generation that grew up with technology. Now I understand the generation before me did not grow up with same said technology. But don't you feel like if these things are at our fingertips and we have ways to make our lives more convenienced and more accessible and easier to deal with when you want to use these to make our lives better? I, I feel like you're talking about your parents right now. My parents have embraced technology. My mom ordered skip the dishes today. My dad is like, yeah, cool, technology. My, my He's got mom. like an iPhone like 13 or something. <laughs> <laughs> My my dad has computer uses the internet. I'll give him that. He still has a flip phone though. He still has a flip phone. I'm so tempted to like find <laughs> an old like older smartphone or something 6. like yeah. just something and be like, here, please just use this instead of your tiny yeah. little flip phone with a two megapixel camera. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. And then my mom, although does have a smartphone, but has no idea how to use it besides just calling in and out. It's and not she, even really a smartphone. Even, and she barely, it's a, it's at least a touch screen phone. 
<laughs> but uh, all she knows how to do is... Um, it's an Alcatel, isn't it? No, no, it's a Samsung. Know. It's a Samsung uh, Galaxy. It's a Samsung. Yeah. I don't think it's a... Oh. It's a Samsung. I've used it. It's a Samsung. <sighs> okay. A very old Samsung. But Samsung it's a Sam- S3? Yeah. Me, who knows? I don't know. <laughs> But anyways, uh, she does have the a smartphone. S3s were around a, when I first started working for Telus. She does have a smartphone. I sold them. But she only knows how to call in and out. That's it. She can't text. She has no idea. Uh, your parents give me anxiety. She doesn't have the, she doesn't have the internet. She People has, who don't know how to use this shit gave me anxiety. It's that generation, dude. They just... And, and the problem with them is... Although my dad has not fought technology as much as my mom has. My mom is where I get most of my stubbornness from, uh, obviously from my dad as well too, but my mom is basically the uh, the originator from where all my stubbornness comes in. So I try to fight my stubbornness, but I literally have it ingrained into my being. I was born with this, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, no, she uh, fights technology like it's the devil. And she does not understand it and doesn't want to understand it and has no care in the world to ever use the internet. You. You. What? What? When we first started seeing each other. Yes. You had a LG G3. Yes. Which was a piece of shit on its own. (laughs) Fucking phone snob over here. And only 500 megabytes of data when I was used to having 10 gigabytes of data at this point because, you know. At least I had a data plan. Barely. You used only your Wi-Fi. And you still sometimes do it. You still sometimes turn off your data and just use Wi-Fi. And I've told you, stop doing that shit. You have, between (laughs) the two of us, we have 200 gigabytes now. I have got you on the right path with a Samsung. It, the thing is, though, if it wasn't for and you, an I S- wouldn't. S twenty two Ultra, by the way. Yes. Um. So I've got you on the right path, the straight and narrow, <laughs> with a fucking data plan that you actually use, and you actually use more data than me now. But guess what? You still can't grocery shop. This is Tree Hill <laughs> oh, Wrestling <God>. Federation <laughs> podcast. <laughs> And yes, maybe I have taken longer to uh, uh, completely enhance and use technology into my life, but at least I can know how to grocery shop. I I grocery shopped just fine last time. The only thing I couldn't find was the cat litter because they literally didn't have it. Mm, The one that you were looking for. How much did I have to uh, convince you to do this one? Because I just hate grocery shopping. I literally hate it. It's the bane of my existence. I don't like, like, come on, just no. You work in a grocery store. You work there. You're literally there. So just like, hey, can you pick up a few things before you come home? Thanks. Bye. Love you. Yes, because I spend 50 hours a week in a grocery store. Of course, I want to spend more time in there when I don't need to. (laughs) Wrestling Federation podcast again at trailwf.podcast. Make sure to follow us off on TikTok and Instagram and Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I got it all out before you said a fucking what. What? <laughs> what? Uh, yes. So, yeah. Uh, teach your kids how to grocery shop. Uh, teach your family about technology, please. Yes. So that uh, I don't important. get asked to teach them about their technology yes. because 
honestly, it's not my responsibility you know, to teach them about technology. You know what's cool, though? When I was younger, like in the 90s growing up and stuff, my dad was all about the newer tech. So, like, he bought the new video game systems. He had a cell phone before a lot of people had cell phones. So, he was actually really into the tech back then. But then eventually he got to the point where, eh, I don't really give a shit about this anymore and uh, does not uh, let it enrich his life, unfortunately. Yes. Don't worry about it. It's okay, bro. No. It's okay. It stresses me out. It stresses me out that he's over here taking pictures of Flynn with a two megapixel camera. Yeah, because it won't even look like Flynn when he actually looks no. at the picture. <laughs> That's the sad thing. I literally have my Huawei P30 Pro just sitting in my car because that's but what you I use honestly as think, my GPS. You honestly think he'd be able to use that? He'd be able to figure out the camera and the phone part. That's true. And texting. That's all he needs. Yeah, fair enough. Literally all he needs. And it would be but that's the thing. a why bomb would, ass camera. Why would he need that insane fucking phone just to be able to do those small little things? Because he said he likes taking pictures. Sure. Then he can get a digital camera like some other old He had too. a digital camera and he said it doesn't work anymore. Oh, okay. So. Well, there you go. Technology, use it, brothers. (laughs) (laughs) And we also bid you adieu. I say bye, bitch.